are the Mystery History Podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Rachel. Welcome to episode 66 on urban legends and haunted locations. We uh, we do have a few business things to talk about this week because a lot of things are happening. So first off, uh, I want to shout out my friend Evan, uh, who has been helping us with some graphic designs for the Instagram and Facebook posts that we've been doing. Thank you for your service, Evan. We really appreciate you because we're not good at that yet. And we might not ever be, but hey, you're rocking. Probably not. <laughs> Thanks, so, Evan. <laughs> so whenever I, I texted him about it, because I work with Evan, and whenever I texted him about it, I said, can you do me a favor until the end of time? And he said, well, that's that's kind of a big ask. I said, yes, it is. Are you going to help me or not? And he's like, yes, I'll help you. <laughs> so favors (laughs) yep we have him locked in for life he can't get out Uh, (laughs) we also want to shout out jody who is with the florida feeling podcast she shouted us out on instagram and we really appreciate that uh she explores all things florida and we love florida my mom has a place in florida we've been to florida together um love florida love it love it so did you know that there are no fossils like dinosaur fossils in Florida. No, why Me neither. Is it was underwater. I don't know, but it's on her podcast and you can learn more about it. Well, so I need to know more about it. You do. So you can check her out on Google or Spotify and you can check out her Instagram at that Florida feeling. Uh, so be sure to give her a listen. We are super duper close. Like real close to hitting our 40,000 downloads, uh, which is amazing. We started at, we started at one and now we're here. So that's a lot. Um, super lot. Yeah. So we appreciate everybody, uh, especially sticking with us through all these transitions, but we are, we got this locked down folks making it work. We got this. Uh, We do have a 4.6 on Apple right now. So we would love to be at a five. I'd love to be at a 10, but it's not possible. So if you five will do for now, five will work, five will work. (laughs) So if you could go um, rate, review, subscribe to us, it just really helps the show. And our last five-star review we got is from Dree Ann Andre. I hope I'm saying that right. She says, love it. My favorite podcast. So thank you. All right. So Rachel, why don't you talk about the discord? So the discord I've been commenting on there as I am able to. And I also have some help from a friend at work who actually uses discord on a regular basis. So he gave me some tips and tricks. Uh, We're going to go ahead and create some new channels on there and start interacting more. So if you're not already on Discord, definitely get on there and talk to us because that makes all of this so much more fun. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to be able to comment with people I don't already know. So get on there and join the conversation. Yes. And uh, with Discord, we do. There's a link that I, I talked about it a little bit on our last episode. Uh, the link expires after a certain amount of time. So if you try to join and it won't let you for whatever reason, um, just send us a message and we can send you a new link for that. 
I'm going to try, we, we had to get rid of the website that we had, and now we have a, a link tree, and that is in the um, bio of our Instagram and our Facebook. And if you click on there, it'll take you to everywhere you can listen, our Facebook, our Instagram. And uh, I'm also going to see if I can add a Discord button. That would be really cool. Uh, so I will look into that and see if that way it'll be easier for you guys. If you go to Discord and you type in Mystery History Podcast, you should be able to find us. And I'm hoping at that point we can just approve them if you know if you want to join. So yeah, that, that I'm excited Perfect. about that too. Me too. It'll be good. So um, the other thing to talk about is Patreon. So with our Patreon, you've got two tiers. We have the first tier, which is $2 a month. And with that, you get every episode a week early and then you get merch promo codes. So definitely yeah. worth it on that. And then tier two, $5 a month. And with that, you get a Patreon exclusive episode, which we're going to record as soon as we're done recording this for this week's. And it's going to be just Allie and I talking about ourselves yeah, <laughs> for cause... this, doing some interview <laughs> questions and just so you get to know me a little bit better. And then also get to know Allie a little bit better since you as listeners have not necessarily heard everything just yet. So that'll you will, be good. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you'll know all of the things. So join us on that. And then you get every single episode a week early, and then you get the uh, merch promo codes with that one too. And so. we, we are looking at other avenues to get merch. Uh, we're also going to be doing a sticker campaign like we did the last time. So if you guys are interested in that, shoot us a message. We're going to be doing um, an old logo, but a new sticker. So nobody has the sticker except for the people that want it. Uh, we like to do this free for our listeners and just you know say that we appreciate you. Typically, like last time, uh, we will probably also include another sticker that has a, a QR code on it. And that way you can keep one for yourself and then slap the other one somewhere around town. And hopefully somebody will scan it and join the club, the cool kids club. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. So you got anything else for the business? I do not. All right. Why don't we jump in? So, um, so this week, like I said earlier, is urban legends and haunted locations. So uh, we picked two haunted locations and two urban legend creepy things that we're going to talk about. The first one we're going to talk about is the Goatman's Bridge. And if anybody watches Ghost Adventures, like you all know, I do, and Rachel does too, mm -hmm. you've probably seen this episode. I haven't seen this episode. Girl, you got <laughs> Discovery Plus. I'm behind the times. I do have Discovery Plus. I watch I this episode no at least five times a week whenever I'm going to bed because this is my safe show that I watch to is put me to bed. Is your favorite episode? It's one of them. It's pretty, it's pretty intense. Oh, I need to get on it. I haven't seen this one yet. So You really do. Well, lucky for you, I'll tell you what episode. Let's do it. Okay. So um, Old Alton Bridge is otherwise known as the Goatman's Bridge, and it's located near Copper Canyon, Texas. It was built in 1884 by King Iron Bridge Manufacturing Company and is a historic iron truss bridge connecting the city of Denton to Copper Canyon. This bridge was used to carry horses and later cars over Hickory Creek. 
The bridge got its name, uh, the original name from the community of Alton that was active between 1850 and 1856, but then it was abandoned. And that's not a super long time. No, I don't. I mean, I feel like back in those days too, you really had to work to get a town set up. Yeah. So why did it get abandoned? It did not tell me this, but I'm curious, probably because it's haunted. Yeah. Cause there's a goat man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't sign me up for that. That's like terrifying. If you think about it. I don't like it. I can't love the the thought of a goat man. No, no that no. sounds scary. <laughs> the bridge was actually added to the National Registry of Historic Places on July 8th, 1988. And that means that you can't tear it down. It's historic. So there it is. There it is. Perfect. Old Alton Bridge remained in use until 2001 when car traffic was moved to a concrete and steel bridge nearby. That sounds safer yes than this one yeah the bridge was so small that it was necessary for people using the bridge to honk their horn before crossing to alert people on the other side they were coming and that's pretty long bridge it it does look pretty long based on the pictures that i'm seeing so i feel like what do you do if uh You'd have to back up all the way out. Yeah. You're going to have to back all the way back out of that bridge. If you start going and somebody's there, that's going to have to be the other person. Cause I don't back up very well. Me either. Like, no, don't have to indicate out the window. (laughs) Right. I need a spotter. I need a spotter. (laughs) So when the, when the traffic was moved, the bridge became an important link between connecting Elm Fork and pilot knoll hiking and equestrian trail. I don't like horses. Do you like horses? like now no but I remember when we were younger and my grandparents would take us do you remember this and I'm like no they would take us to ride horses like me and my brother over like just at the metro park over here you could go ride horses and I feel like one time we took you and you like 5,000 percent did not have a good time I have never rode a horse I will never ride a horse if you took me I didn't ride it no, well, that makes sense. Cause I feel like we did go <laughs> when together. I feel like I probably said no every time. Probably. Cause, cause I don't know. Horses. So, so like back in the day, I feel like horses were okay right now. I don't know. I don't really trust anything bigger than me. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, they could kick you in the face. They're pretty. I'll look at them from afar. I don't really have a lot of interest in riding them right now. Mm-mm. I don't want to see him. my, my abilities or them <laughs> to not like throw me off. Yeah. We got old backs now. We can't be getting oh, thrown. No. I get my back hurts whenever I bend wrong, getting something out of the washer. Okay. Yeah. I can't ride if a horse I lay down at the end of the day. When I lay down, if I have to get back up, we have trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever I get home, my bra comes off. I'm not moving the rest of the day. Cause it's too hard to get it back on. Yeah. No. I remember when I was younger, I would say like my back hurt and my mom was like, you don't know what you're talking about. I get it now. I did not in fact know what I was talking about. (laughs) She's right. And I feel like we, I thought we had more time, like to not have have hurt back. We're not that old yet. Right. This shouldn't be happening, but here we are. We are. We are. (laughs) The, the area is still very popular to nature buffs and paranormal investigators. And if mm. Texas wasn't so far away, we'd go there. But it's hot there. It is hot. Well, have you been to Texas? No. 
Uh, I've been a few places. I feel like I don't want to offend anybody that may be listening, but I've been to Dallas and I could not love it. It was not my favorite, but San Antonio is beautiful and Austin is so much fun. Yeah. So I mean, I'd like like to go there. You know, it's it's not that bad. It actually kind of reminds me of Ohio. Like when I got to Dallas, I was like, where's the desert? Yeah. (laughs) Where's where are all the cowboys? Why are there so many suburbs and shopping centers going on here? So, I mean, it's pretty similar to here and the heat is kind of the same too. I don't feel like it was a ton drier. Well, and with the way that it is in Ohio, now it's 95 degrees anyway. And the humidity. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. (laughs) Yep. So the legend of how Old Alton Bridge became Goatman's Bridge is a sad one. In the mid-1930s, there was a black goat farmer named Oscar Washburn who moved with his family to a house near the bridge. Washburn was known to the locals as a dependable and honest businessman and was dubbed the Goat Man. They even displayed a sign on the bridge that said, this way to the Goat Man. Because of the times and the fact that Washburn was black, a lot of people didn't welcome him with open arms. In August of 1938, members of the KKK crossed the bridge and kidnapped Washburn from his family. They hung a noose on Old Alton Bridge, tied it around Washburn's neck, and threw him over the side. When the Klansmen looked down to see if he was dead, the noose was empty. Fearing he had escaped, they went to Washburn's house and murdered his wife and children. That's rough. That is rough. Yeah, not cool. That is so sad. Yeah. So the local legend says that if you cross the bridge at night without headlights, as the Klansmen were said to have done because they didn't have lights, um, you will be met on the other side by Goatman, who is half man, half goat. Uh, And he's said to be like red, like the devil. People report to see ghostly figures and strange lights in the woods. And visitors also say to have been touched, grabbed, or have rocks thrown at them. Ew. I mean, some, I mean, I would be mad. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. In season 13, episode 13 of Ghost Adventures, they went to Goatman's Bridge and they learned that satanic worship happens underneath the bridge and interview women who have had different experiences, some with partial possession. One of the crew is affected negatively and happens to be Jay's wife. After the show, she quit from her experiences at Goatman's Bridge. Ooh. Yeah, she was- That was a, the last episode she was on? Yeah, I, I believe she's a still photographer, if I remember correctly. I think she's a still photographer. And like, she is, like, you can tell. She's not acting. That's real. And I know people are wow. like, come on, it's Ghost Adventures. No, it's real. It happened. And, well. you know, and, and it's funny because- a lot of the people that get affected there are actually the women, which is strange because if it is the goat man, you would think you would go after more the men. Um, yeah, but, that's interesting. Yeah. But so they don't know if it's because of the legend of Washburn or if it's because of the satanic rituals that have happened there. That's kind of opened up the door to other things. Um, and then that. And then Zach or Aaron, I think both of them get also like partially possessed and like 
Zach Baggins tries to rip out his own throat, which is would be very unfortunate. Yeah, I definitely have not seen this episode. I will have to go back and check it out. You gotta. You gotta. Sounds like it would be worthwhile. So his, the noose was empty. Yes. But there's no other record of him. Of his body else. or no. No. So who knows? I mean, maybe it could have broken his neck and he could have slipped out of it, I guess. Um, yeah. But it's it's a sad tale any way you slice it because even if he's he lived, you know, he family was gone. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. That's sad. So that is the goat man's bridge. Um the next one, which I didn't know they were linked, kinda, but is the Ohio Grassman. And you actually brought this up. I don't know. I didn't know anything about this, but now I do. It's because I keep watching that paranormal caught on camera (laughs) and there is, it's on discovery plus highly recommend. And Uh, we are, they don't pay us by the way, discovery plus, but they could, they could ghost adventures. Discovery plus should be giving us some royalty. I mean, I would be apparently what we watch all the time. I love discovery plus. So, so many people are pissed because they have to pay extra. I'd pay double. Mm-hmm. but don't upcharge oh, yeah, us too. it's pretty cheap i'm all right with it yeah out of all the things i pay for this is yeah. like the most worth it well yeah um, well, we got rid of cable because it was too expensive and now i pay three thousand dollars a month in streaming services i know me too some but, of it i need to get rid of probably i keep paying for like hbo max don't cancel I- that don't cancel Why that is something coming up that you're expecting to watch <laughs> don't cancel that i like that i like that one that you have i like it all right (laughs) but i mean there's a few things that i pay for that i don't watch that often that are way more expensive than discovery plus and discovery plus i'm on all the time always on there well like showtime i had i watched shameless so Mm -hmm. josh is like we can cancel it now because shameless is over and i'm like no because dexter is coming back oh yeah so and but like it's like november so I could cancel it and then redo it, but who has time for that? I don't know. Maybe you could get it for cheaper if you cancel it. Sometimes they send you That's out some true. deals. <laughs> That's true. Showtime, get at me. We need to discuss be, my fees. Yeah, it might be worth looking up. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, on the Paranormal Con camera, they have so many videos of the Ohio Grassman, and we live in Ohio, and I didn't even know that was a thing. Me they neither. Put, yes. Ohio Grassman? No. no. No, it's just something Ohio made up to be cool. I think I'm all right with it. <laughs> so, so the Grassman, it's uh, other names are Ohio Grassman, Kenmore Grassman, or Orange Eyes. Which, nope, don't like that either. No. Uh, and this Grassman is a nine foot Sasquatch looking creature, which it looks like essentially Sasquatch, Sasquatch. um, hairy little thing big thing uh anyway the first known sighting of this was in 1869 it said that the grass man likes to eat tall grass like you do uh which is where it gets its name from but will also hunt wild game if it needs to and it's typically found around farms where the resources are plentiful says that it likes to eat like wheat too because that grows tall uh, mm-hmm. Some sightings have said that they've seen mother grass men or women with their babies. 
What does a, a baby grass pan look like? Probably like a bear. Like a little bear cub? Yeah, that stands on its legs. legs. Yeah, yeah. Aww. Maybe less fat. I like them chunky. Yeah. I prefer chunky too. Yeah, they're more cuddly. So the most famous sightings happened in 1978 to Evelyn and Hal Caton at their home. They were enjoying family time with their children, grandchildren, and a few friends. Evelyn and Hal were relaxing inside while the children played outside when suddenly their children and friends came screaming through the door to the house. They told them that they were playing outside and came across a monster in a gravel pit. Evelyn and Hal headed outside and saw a creature covered in dark hair about seven feet tall and around 300 pounds. Evelyn accounted that the creature just stood there, but she ran away after witnessing it. I mean, that is the start of a scary movie. Don't go looking in the gravel pit. There's a monster. Just leave it alone. How are you not going to look in the gravel pit? If I know. Like, oh my God. I know. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look. Well, whenever I read this description that they gave, I was like, was that me? <laughs> I'm covered in hair too. I'm very hairy. So anyways, while living at their home, so they still live there. They didn't move. Uh, the Canton saw the creature several more times and said it omitted a strong smell of rotten eggs, which a lot of people say is also the smell of like demons. Uh, oh, so they yeah. could so they could smell it whenever it passed through the area. Uh, the Cantons reported that the creature never stole anything, disrupted their family, or acted aggressively towards them. So they pretty much just walking. Kind of, yeah, lived together with them. Yeah minding its own business i'd say get a job and pay some rent you know what i mean eating all their grass (laughs) okay it's that'd be actually a good job like i don't like to mow that's fine who needs sheep right get yourself a grass man so february 12 2020 two buddies got permission to fly their drones over salt fork state park in ohio they filmed a video you can watch where they capture video of what looks like a hairy man walking in the woods. And one comment the guy makes, he says, it would be pretty stupid for some guy to dress up in a hairy suit and walk around in the woods. Especially in Ohio. Yeah. I feel like when these sightings happen and there's videos, if it is people just like randomly doing something and then they catch stuff on camera, I just believe I don't know. I believe that like so much more because it's like, well, but you also don't know, are they really randomly just doing that or did they set it up? But I mean, so if you, if you Google for this, I found it on Fox news. Um, but there's, it's like a 10 minute video clip and it kind of cuts in and out of the more pertinent information that we're looking for where he can see it and maybe he's zoomed in, but he's pretty freaking close. Like if no, I would not be that close. <laughs> I, well, but, but he's close with a drone, right? Well, no. So part of it is drone footage. And then the other part is him like in the woods, like maybe oh, 15 like feet from this thing. It. Yeah. No, it, no. That's right. I'm not no. fast enough to be that close to something else. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 
it's looked slow moving but so do lions and they're fast like me too yeah <laughs> also slow moving yeah so oh, wow. uh, so i mean it it i agree with the guy why would somebody walk and, and even if like you were setting this up that's a big liability because you don't know if there's hunters out in the woods that could shoot you i mean that's, that's why you true. wear orange so unless <laughs> Grassman's got an orange vest on. Not smart. If this is real or if this is fake, that guy's dumb. Yeah, not safe. No. Not safe at all. So the Grassman slash Bigfoot sightings uh, from 2020 are actually more than I thought that they were. So in Washington, he was sighted, and I'm assuming it's a him, uh, 2,032 times. In California, which is where also, like, if you've seen Bigfoot footage, you've seen this clip. It's the most well-known footage where he's kind of just walking through the woods. Um, and they report 1,697 sightings. Pennsylvania reported 1,340 sightings. New York um, was 1,068 sightings, and he was actually spotted crossing a highway. I mean, you got to do lot. what you got to do. And yeah. in Texas, he was spotted 806 times. And Ohio was like an honorable mention. It didn't give me the totals. There's actually like a website you can go to. And it's like a, a Bigfoot tracker. So everybody that has seen him will report. And it goes by like state. And it's pretty. Does it like pinpoint in the state where they saw it too? I didn't in the video that I watched, it just mentioned that there was this database, but I didn't go there and check it out. So I'm assuming, I mean, it, it looks like it's pretty involved with where it, yeah. where it is, what park it is. That might be where. worth looking at. It really would. Maybe. These are all numbers from 2020. Yeah. So it's 2020. That's a lot. Yeah. So I think what this means is we need to go on a Bigfoot hunt. I don't know about that. Last time. Mm -mm. But not I in the dark. Bad memories of us being lost in the woods that I don't ever need to repeat. That's true. But now we'll so, have cell phones, GPS that probably won't work because that's how not. our luck is. But we would that have is them. Exactly our luck. I don't <laughs> know. This, these ourselves. numbers all just seem like a lot. Like how many? How many crazy people are there right. that would make this up versus? there's just People a lot of big feel like they saw something yeah i mean i don't know that is a lot of people to corroborate a story i mean yeah and how many people live in washington state probably two thousand thirty two of them saw bigfoot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah that's a lot well think about um, it like think about pennsylvania because our family is from pennsylvania both of us and mm -hmm. i mean whenever you're driving down the summit it's just trees like it's trees mm -hmm. so it could yeah the truth is out there we're not gonna say. be the ones to discover it but i'm all about finding out who did <laughs> yeah i'll yeah. watch the videos yeah i'm not going out in the woods with you <laughs> <laughs> it never ends well for anybody so the next thing we're going to talk about are gins have you heard about gins before Sounds racist to me. It's not. <laughs> okay. No, I've never, never heard of it. 
I feel like the first time that I heard about a gin was when I was watching uh, Supernatural because mm-hmm. there's an episode with a gin in it. Yeah. And I was like, mm, what is that? Never heard of. Um, and then on this freaking paranormal caught on camera show, they are on there all the time. Ooh. So I just, I don't know. I wanted to talk a little bit about this because I had not really heard about it and didn't really know what was up. Yeah. So the jinn are spiritual creatures in Islam and Arabic folklore. They're mentioned in the Quran and other Islamic texts and inhabit an unseen world and dimensions beyond the visible universe of humans. So like ghosts yeah. kind of situation. Throughout Arabian lore, there are different types of jinn, although the Quran mentions only three. Probably going to say these words wrong, so forgive me, but Marid, Ifrit, and Jinn. Other names include Jan, Ghul, Shaitan, Hin, Nasnas, Sheik, Silat, and a host of others. And the names vary depending on the region of the Middle Eastern country where they come from. Interesting that it's in the Quran. Yeah. And then, so we're going to talk about the three like most popular-ish kinds of Jinn um, going from here. So the next, the one of them is a ghoul, which we've all heard of that. I just thought it was just like a ghost. Uh, But the ghouls are shape-shifting, cannibalistic, and blood-drinking creatures that feed on human flesh or on the flesh of human beings, especially travelers, children, or corpses stolen out of graves. Whoa. What is our ghouls? Aren't they just regular ghosts? Whenever I think of a ghoul, I think of like the Mickey Mouse, uh, you know, halloween episode from like the 40s where it's just the the ghost with the chains you know what i'm talking about people the other only people ghost with the chains i remember is the mickey mouse like christmas one no this is like old there's no there's music but there's no talking or anything like that oh okay people know people know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying right guys you let us know people <laughs> so i thought that was just like a ooh a ghoul like not like cannibalistic yeah and eating this people. sounds way more intense than yeah. our like general definition of a ghoul like they're yeah. eating flesh i didn't know ghosts could do that but now yeah, i do and i don't like quickly. it <laughs> yeah dang leave my flesh alone i need it the oldest references to ghoul in arabian lore are found in the book of 1000 nights which is a folklore book often known in english as the arabian nights like in like aladdin uh, yeah like aladdin the arabian nights i love that song arabian days yep (laughs) there are several types of ghouls the most feared is the female because hello uh we do Um, we get shit done they should yeah that's called a gula which has the ability to appear as normal, uh, like a normal woman. According to lore, such a creature marries an unsuspecting man, which becomes her prey. I feel like this is not true. I think that they just hate women. Maybe. But I'm just saying, you know, just thinking out loud. The ghouls are nocturnal creatures who inhabit graveyards, ruins, and other lonely places. So if you meet a woman in an inhabited graveyard, she's a gula. Don't marry her. Yeah, walk she just away. Wants your flesh. She's gonna eat you. 
Sometimes they're described as dead humans who sleep for long periods in secret graves, then wake up, rise, and feast on both the living and the dead. Ghouls also personify the unknown terrors held by the desert. Mm -hmm. In Persian lore, the ghoul has the legs of a donkey and the horns of a goat. So she must not be an attractive woman. What's the difference between goat legs and donkey legs? Nobody knows. I don't know. I feel like they're very similar. That later. I mean, I feel like they're similar too. So wouldn't it just be like goat legs? And I mean, we're gonna have to find out. I would assume that maybe in Persia, donkeys are like. Do they have different kinds of donkeys? I don't think so. Maybe donkeys are like sacred. I don't know. And they use donkeys more. I don't know. But why does that make their legs different from goat legs? I don't know. Questions. Anyways, we'll figure it out later. (laughs) If anybody knows, tell us because we don't know. They're all the same. Somebody's (laughs) gonna post pictures of donkey legs and goat (laughs) legs just to clear this up for us. Be like, oh yeah, okay. So another kind of jinn are the marid. In Arabic folklore and common mythology, a marid is a large and powerful jinn. Marids are mentioned in pre-Islamic Arabian mythology and inside the 1001 Nights alongside the jinn in the story of the Fisher Marit. Nailed it. Yep. Nailed it. Marids are often described as the most powerful type of jinn, having especially great powers. They're the most proud as well. Like every jinn, they have free will, yet could be compelled to perform chores. Hmm. According to folklore, they also have the ability to grant wishes to mortals, but that usually requires battle, imprisonment, rituals, or just a great deal of flattery. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> if somebody's going to do my chores, I got a lot of flattery. Right. You. <laughs> You're the best Marid in town. I love you. Now do my wash. Bahamut, the giant <laughs> fish in the Quran, is an example of a non-humanoid form of this particular jinn. So like when I got to this part and was reading, I was like, Arabian Nights, the 1001, the book of 1001 Nights. And I'm like, this is a genie. Yeah, right. Yeah, because he can grant wishes and yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So, I think that's where this is going. So. Okay. So. Ifrit. Afrit? Is that how you say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to go with Afrit because yeah. I like it. I like it. It's cited only once in the Quran in reference to a dinjin who fetched the throne of the Queen of Sheba at the command of King Solomon. In lore, it is evil and powerful and difficult to control. The Afrits are in a class of infernal jinn noted for their strength and cunning. An Afrit is an enormous winged creature of fire, either male or female, who lives underground and frequents ruins. Hmm. If Afrits live in a society structured along ancient Arab tribal lines, complete with kings, tribes, and clans. So it's like a, its own little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally marry one another, but they can also marry humans. So watch out still. Yeah, so it sounds like they have their own little world. But yeah. Then, hmm. Yeah. While ordinary weapons and forces have no power over them, they are susceptible to magic, which humans can use to kill them or to capture and enslave them. 
as with the jinn and afrit may be either a believer or an unbeliever good or evil but it is most often depicted as a wicked and ruthless being the term marid is still used in arabic to refer to giants so so yeah they're just like people pretty much yeah and and these are like ancient i mean i guess same in america with like ghosts and demons it's all very like ancient lore that has been around for forever yeah and this next part was kind of interesting to me so According to a survey undertaken by the Pew Research Center in 2012, which was a minute ago, but I'm not that long ago, um, at least 86% in Morocco, 84% in Bangladesh, 63% in Turkey, 55% in Iraq, 53% in Indonesia, 47% in Thailand, and 15% elsewhere in Central Asia, Muslims affirm Hmm. the existence of jinn. So that's like- I, I mean, some of those countries, 86% in Morocco, yeah. like 86% of Muslims in Morocco believe that jinn are real. They exist. Um, the low rate, so that 15% in Central Asia might be influenced by Soviet religious oppression. So that may be why it dropped off so, so heavily. And that led me to just do a quick little googly on looking up how many Americans believe in ghosts and demons. So more than four in 10 Americans believe that ghosts, demons, and other supernatural beings do exist. More than one in five, so 22%, say that demons definitely exist, while slightly more, 24%, believe that they probably exist. So that was just my my curiosity because the numbers of Muslims in those areas that believe in jinns seemed really high to me yeah like I know what I believe in but I also know that like half the time when I say anything like you know you just gotta be careful yeah (laughs) like like you can't be like I saw a ghost right (laughs) (laughs) like in any crowd and like more often than not I feel like people are like okay yeah so you know I thought I figured the numbers in America would be significantly lower and I mean really they are but they aren't like that's really like 50 percent yeah yeah so pretty close to 50 percent of people kind of believe in some way or another that yeah they like at least they probably exist so that's not i mean that's pretty good but but still the 86 percent morocco of muslims believing that jinns exist that's really high well and probably like in the people that definitely exist are probably ones that believe that they have seen a demon or a ghost and then the 24 percent is probably the people that believe that it could happen but it's never happened to them right so that means then with that logic that 86 percent of people in morocco have seen a djinn which is terrifying and i'm not going to morocco yeah no stay out of morocco (laughs) that's that's a lot that is a lot okay so Sleep paralysis is conceptualized as a gin attack. Okay, so if you have sleep paralysis, a gin is attacking you. By many sleep paralysis sufferers in e- Egypt, as discovered by Cambridge neuroscientist Baland Jala. A scientific study found that as many as 48% of those people that have sleep paralysis in Egypt believe it was due to a gin assaulting them. Almost all of these sleep paralysis paralysis sufferers that's tough um 
95% would recite verses from the Quran during sleep paralysis to prevent future attacks that are so jinn like, attacks. Almost everybody that has sleep paralysis there thinks it's a jinn and they start reciting the Quran. Yeah. In addition, some 9% would increase their daily Islamic prayer to get rid of the attacks by the jinn. Sleep paralysis in general associated with is associated with great fear in Egypt, especially if believed to be supernatural in origin. Despite belief in jinn being prevalent in Iran's folklore, especially among the stronger believers of Islam, some phenomena such as sleep paralysis were traditionally attributed to other supernatural beings. Um, in the case of sleep paralysis, it was baktak, which is the night hag. And don't Google pictures of this lady, okay? Because you're not going to be sleeping. It's you're terrifying. Sleep paralysis for sure. It's terrifying. Um, but at the least in some areas of Iran, an epileptic seizure was thought to be a jinn attack or jinn possession. And other people would try to exercise the jinn by citing the name of Allah and using iron blades to draw protective circles around the victim. So this also could just be because they don't know any better with science. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and they didn't know what was happening. So telling gin stories and supposed encounters, encounter recounts were a common pastime of people, similar to people telling ghost stories around a campfire. Until a couple of decades ago, when these stories drastically fell out of fashion with the increasing penetration of digital entertainments and modern recording equipment, which undetermined their credibility, underdetermined. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. So, so they don't exist. So that's kind of the, I guess I shouldn't say it's the opposite of here, but I feel like the recording equipment digital entertainment like certainly did not drop the interest no it created more whatever yeah i feel like that's something like the western civilization at least america i feel like we're very interested in that kind of thing and it sounds like over there it cut it in a way that like disproved their existence which is just I don't know, very interesting to me because it seems like the opposite happened here. Yeah, no, I agree. But maybe maybe that means that people were fibbing a little bit and saying that, yeah. you know, to get attention, whether good or bad, that could be true. And they were able to disprove it through yeah. perhaps. And I just think the gins are just very interesting in the sense that they encompass so many things within our culture, like genies, mm -hmm. ghosts, and then like the sleep paralysis reminds me of the like shadow creatures that we yep. see um, with sleep paralysis and hear about with sleep paralysis. Like it really just like encompasses all, all of the things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I thought they were interesting. That is and, interesting. And and with the um, paranormal caught on camera, I feel like whenever they're talking about gins, it's always like they're going into an abandoned house and it's kind of like a poltergeist situation. Mm -hmm. Like things are being thrown and you can like hear and see shadow figures. So it, it's very similar to that in the episodes that I've watched with that. 
so it kind of like I said just encompasses like all all of the things yeah yeah I mean and how do you differentiate between them you know what I mean like yeah I mean we between a ghost and a gin or a ghoul and a oh well it's probably the same thing (laughs) yeah they just have different names yeah call them different things Hmm. no that is very interesting and I didn't know that gins then had like sub gins you know what I mean like yeah there's different like, types I mean I listed three but like you listed there's, there's like more ten. yeah one and the ghoul things. thing like that shocks me because my mm-hmm. whole life's been a lie I never knew that they could be cannibalistic and yeah oh they're like zombies I mean they're uh, literally yeah. everything <laughs> Like vampires. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. I kind of want to read that book of a thousand and one nights. But I feel like that's a lot of nights. It is a lot of nights. (laughs) I wonder. I mean, it's a book of folklore. So it's probably similar to like maybe, I don't know, like Grimm's fairy tales or like, you know, some of those kind of books. So I wonder how long it actually is. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. I'm interested. Maybe there's like a Cliff Notes version. I'm sure there is. There's a Cliff Notes for all the things. Yes. <laughs> all right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is Devil's Tramping Ground. And the Devil's Tramping Ground is a clearing in the Chatham County woods in North Carolina where nothing has grown for as long as anyone can remember. The mysterious lack of plants in the area has inspired the legend that the devil comes to the spot in the night and paces in a circle while planning how to tear down the hearts of men, trampling all the plants in the process. Probably a woman. (laughs) Probably. If anybody's tearing hearts of men down, yeah, it's It's probably a woman. Let's be real. Come on. It is also said that any objects left in the circle will be violently tossed out of the circle. Scientists have yet to determine exactly why nothing grows there, including soil scientist Rich Hayes, who has run several tests on the soil chemistry of the site. Yeah, we did an episode a while ago on, oh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's somewhere in the UK, I want to say, or maybe it's like Transylvania or something, but there's a similar spot where nothing grows and scientists are baffled as to why just in this clearing, nothing grows. And it's also in a circle. Um, so maybe it's the portal. Yeah. Maybe it's related. That's Okay. Uh, so Rich Hayes has tried to find a non-devil related reason for the lack of plant growth there. He said, quote, when I first investigated the site over 15 years ago and collected the data, I was theorizing that there was some natural cause that would have done that, end quote. To find what the natural cause might be, Hayes compared soil from inside the circle to the soil outside the circle. He was looking specifically at the salt and copper content of the soil as large amounts of uh, either of those would kill plants. So he was trying to come at it realistic yeah figure out why these plants aren't growing here what's going on yep 
So, um, quote, what we find out here last time was that we had some elevated readings of certain things inside here, Hayes said, but none of the readings, none of the data we got showed us that plants couldn't live here. In fact, those tests raised more questions than they answered. Hmm. The soil in the circle had a higher sodium, copper, zinc, and pH level than the soil from the woods a few yards away. None of those changes, however, is drastic enough to prevent or make the soil toxic to plants. Uh, he said also at certain points in the circle, a compass would you by about five degrees. And if that's not strange enough, compasses usually only do that around soil with a high iron content. And the so this soil does not have that. So this also is something um, when we did um, the Okigahara forest, the suicide forest, they also would get their compasses would not work because of all of the, the stuff on the ground. So that's interesting. Did you find with that? I mean, I listened to that episode, but honestly, I don't remember. Did they find that the iron content was higher there? Well, I think that it was an issue. I can't remember exactly what was in the soil that was causing that, but they found that if you lifted the compass up higher away from the yeah. ground, it would work. Um, so, but I can't, I cannot remember what exactly so the problem was, was probably. Maybe. Yeah. Because or I think, yeah, it was the iron because there was iron in the ground. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was that was yep. So that was why it was skewing. Well here it skews and there's not a high iron content. So yeah. that, which would be the explanation typically right, there's is not the case. Huh. So yeah. The original naming of the devil's tramping ground is part of a deep American folk tradition. The devil seems to have come to Chatham County with the Scotch Irish settlers who arrived in North Carolina during the 18th century, populating the course of the Cape Fear River, the Uharis and the Appalachians. The settlers were mainly immigrants from Ulster and the counties along the border between England and Scotland. And the devil was very much part of the culture they brought along with them. So that kind of really just like explains why it was called the devil's tramping ground. I mean, that probably originated very early on. And, um, I feel like a lot of things were called like the devil's yeah. something like anything unexplained. It's like the devil, the devil. Just, yep. Yeah. So huh. that is, know. that is very interesting. And it's crazy yeah. with the science that we have like today that they still can't figure out what the issue is like that's just crazy yeah, to me it's weird so another that's idea part, though <laughs> okay buckle up buttercups we're in for it another idea has also been put forth that the soil in the devil's tramping grounds is barren because the circle was the site of a ufo landing and the strange radiation from its extraterrestrial engines have permanently exterminated the grass however nowadays the chief thing keeping the clearing free of other vegetation is the constant tramping it receives, not from the devil, but from visitors and local kids who use it as a party spot, which I could totally see that. I'd party there. I would um, totally party there. <laughs> it also seems that the devil, the aliens, or whoever else was keeping the spot clean has moved on as objects left in the circle invariably remain there. So nothing gets removed anymore. Mm -hmm. The site frequently abounds with the empty Slim Jim wrappers and beer cans. Love Slim Jims. 
Uh, a rusted refrigerator sat in the circle for a number of years, which was eventually hauled away by human hands on the back of a very mundane truck. May this be that the devil's given up. Maybe he moved on to another state. The proliferation of modern litter being just too much for the Prince of Darkness to cope with because he don't like Slim Jims. Sad. Like, I don't know. Just the idea of a bunch of children, not children, but like teenagers and like young people going out there and leaving all their garbage and just being there to party. I don't know. I don't like it. Well, kids, if you're going to go party in the woods, clean up after yourselves. Don't litter. Trash. Jeez. Don't litter. And only you can prevent forest fires. Okay. Actual. Very, very true. I don't know. It just seems sad to me that that is like the state of things there now. So like if you and I were to go to visit, we couldn't find it. See the situation. I mean, we could probably find it, but I mean, there's probably a bunch of trash everywhere and it doesn't sound like it would really be worth going to at this point. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. But like, let me ask you this. So UFO landing and if there was radiation, wouldn't they be able to see if there's radiation with a Geiger counter? I mean, they say, they say strange radiation, but what does that mean? Like we better figure it out. Measure. We better figure it out. Yeah. I mean, if it is, if it is a UFO. Yeah. Hmm. I would explain probably a couple of round spots. Yeah. (laughs) Then. So, well, we we do, do you have anything else to add on this episode? so i learned a lot today yeah me too well we hope you all enjoyed episode 66 urban legends and haunted locations just to very quickly cite our sources we um looked at imdb yes i put imbd but that's wrong it's imdb (laughs) dyslexic uh wiki wiki wiki.com astonishinglegends.com just to touch on that for a minute, Astonishing Legends is a podcast that I started listening to like my first my first go at podcasts and I love them. So they did stop for a little bit, but I think that they're back on now and they're really good. So you should check them out. Um, I also looked at mythos.fandom.com, foxnews.com. We use science.unctv.org, northcarolinaghost.com cryptis.fandom.com and wiki again. So we appreciate you listening to this episode and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.